Welcome to Libre Lounge, a podcast about free software, free culture, and all the other interesting aspects of user freedom. With Christopher Lemmer Weber and Serge Broklowski. Chris? Hey, Serge. Hey, this is Libre Lounge live at Libre Planet. Libre Lounge at Libre Planet, that's right. Uh, this is this is our this is our conference, right? Uh, no, it's the FSF annual conference, but uh, it's very nice to be here. Um, and we and are... speaking of the FSF, thank the FSF for giving us the batteries to record this podcast. <laughs> they they empower us. They they have here literally empowered us yes. in this scenario because uh, uh, we're two batteries short. And I ran into the speaker lounge and was like, does anybody have batteries? And we hunted around and they said we could take the batteries as long as we acknowledged the FSF's free as in batteries contribution to this episode. <laughs> awesome. So uh, the great thing about coming to a conference like this is that you run into people who have done really extraordinary things and, or whose work you've uh, appreciated for a long time and never gotten a chance to meet. So for me, this has been exciting because I got to meet Joey Hess, who we have with us, uh, the author of Git Annex, and uh, just somebody who, who has a lot of opinions about a lot of the technology and, and has a lot of experience with a lot of the technologies that, that we talk about here on the podcast. So welcome, Joey. Yeah, hi. Good to be here. I've, uh, I've listened to Library Lounge since the beginning, and I've really enjoyed it, so it's great to be on. Yeah, we're really excited to have you here. Uh, Joey is one of my personal inspirations, as in terms of you know free software figures, as in terms of well everything you've done, as in you know both from uh, um, you know I use a lot of the software you've written, especially mm-hmm. Git Annex and uh, um, and you know and also the the, the ca- crowdfunding campaigns we did with MediaGum were inspired actually by the work that you did with the Git Annex crowdfunding campaign. Uh-huh, right, yeah. Yeah, but we, 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 I think we didn't want to talk just about funding today. We wanted to talk about, uh, we both have interest in decentralized, interest in decentralized social networks. Yeah, um, right. And we're, we're currently both exploring it from some somewhat different, but not actually very different ways, right? I think different, but perhaps converging onto something more similar than would be expected ways. Yeah. So, so what's the name of the project? Okay, so Secure Scuttlebutt is it's not my project. It's just something that I use. And so I thought I'd come on and talk about that a little bit. It's a, um, yeah, so Secure Scuttlebutt um, is a offline-first social networking platform, which is, um, well, it's secure like it says in the name, um, in as much as you can have private messages to people and you're using cryptography to talk to encrypt things and also all the public messages are signed by the person who sent them so you know that you've actually gotten a message from say Chris when the message percolates through the network to you. Um, so when you say it's offline first, mm-hmm. that means that you know, unlike the, the, the social networks that we're used to, which include things like Mastodon or Pixel Feed, right. uh, I can be completely offline and start sending messages to other people or, or posting to my my feed? Yeah, that's right. In fact, um, the guy who designed Secure Scuttlebutt, Dominic Tarr, lives in a sailboat in New Zealand, is often offline for weeks at a time, and will pop up, synchronize with the network, send out everything about what he's been up to, how you know he's been navigating around by sailboat, or what he's been working on, download stuff, and then pop back offline for a while. And so Secure Scuttlebutt is designed so that you always have a copy of all the messages that you've sent, all the messages you've received from your friends, 
and most of the pictures and other things you'll have also locally um, on your laptop or on your phone. So, so I guess let's contrast this to how it works in, say, ActivityPub, right? In mm-hmm. ActivityPub, you've got two actors that want to send messages to each other, or two users, right? Um, Alice and Bob want to send messages to each other, right? And Alice and Bob in, in ActivityPub scenario, they both, in, in, in the current generation of things, would both be online. Like, their servers would be online at That's least, right? right? Yeah. And, uh, um, and there would be an HTTP post from Alice's server to Bob's server to Bob's inbox, right? right? But you don't have that ability if you live in a cabin in the woods with uh, limited internet, as I know you do. As but, I do, yes. <laughs> uh, or if you're on a boat um, in the middle of the ocean. So, so what, what does Secure Scuttlebutt do instead? Secure Scuttlebutt works in a peer-to-peer manner. Um, there are some peers which are, you know, nodes on the internet which are globally routable, so you know that you can connect to the set of peers. So what you would generally do is you would write it on your local device and then whenever your local device finds another device running Scuttlebutt on any of its network connections, which could be local Wi-Fi to somebody in the same place as you and you're still disconnected from the network, or it could be a network connection, it could be over Bluetooth, it could be over CJ DNS or um, over Tor or whatever, it synchronizes the messages that you've written with whatever that node already knows about your feed. So it's store and forward. Right. right. So you're you're going to get your messages off, yeah. offline. Mm-hmm. Your server is going to send them all to these to these well known um, distribution points, mm-hmm. and then it's going to distribute it to the to the right places. And I guess the the other nodes know to pull down all the messages when they get them. Right. So, um, so my first concern is uh, so we've we've addressed we've addressed security because we've got these key to key. Uh, you know, you're end-to-end encrypted, so the server in the middle doesn't really know the content. Right. Yeah. It, it knows. It knows who sent it. It doesn't know who it's addressed to if it's a private message, but it's part of the feed of someone who sent the message. So if I send a private message to Chris, it'll just say from Joey, blob of encrypted data. But there are these, I guess, these secondary super nodes that are handling lots of the storing and forward. Right. And the way that works is it's called a pub. And a pub is generally happy to take feeds from anybody who sends it a feed. Normally, my laptop is only interested in my friends and perhaps their friends of friends and perhaps their friends of friends, depending on how much data I want to store on my laptop to keep it down to a reasonable amount of data. But a pub is generally like, okay, cool. I'll let anybody be my friend. And once anybody's my friend, I'm happy to take their data. I'm happy to take data about their friends who don't, who don't yet know about this pub. And so the pubs tend to accumulate a lot of data and tend to be the point that the data gets stored, it gets distributed. So I guess these are set up by... Volunteers. Whoever wants to run a copy of Secure Scuttlebutt on a server has a pub, basically. So, so a, a question I'd have then is if, if it's... It's actually kind of surprised me to hear you say that the... The way I would have thought to design such a system would have been that you would know who the recipient is, but you wouldn't know who the sender is. So if you're going to be doing the opposite, um, how do you find out that a message is to you? Do you just try decrypting even every message and That's seeing exactly how it works? And, um, and it's only the people that you've subscribed to that you can get messages from. You could, in theory, send an encrypted message to anybody whose public key you know, very much like uh, GPG works. Um, in that you have a public and a private key. 
If you know the public key, you can send them a private message. And you can also send a message that's encrypted to multiple recipients at once inside the same message. And the way all this works is it basically just says, okay, yeah, I'm gonna try to decrypt it with my private key. If I can, great. If not, well, this is not for me and I'll ignore it. So that, I mean, I guess, uh, um, I, I'm just trying to understand. So, mm -hmm. so, so this is actually like actually live us trying to work yes. through this together. Um, but um, I, it, it seems to me that I would have to either, um, I would probably be getting a lot of data that's probably not for me a lot of the time, and and mm -hmm. like and be and be just go like sifting through tons of data that just. I just discard. Is that correct? So, like, is that just how the, the network operates? Okay. Well, Scuttlebutt can either make a message be private or public, because okay. often we want to just, you know, chat among whoever's interested in a topic or whatever. And so, there's a lot of public messages in Scuttlebutt. The uh, number of private messages is maybe a quarter or something. I don't know. It's fairly small. Also, Scuttlebutt has a fairly small community, and also, you're only getting feeds from your friends and your friends of friends. But so, you know, if there's, say, maybe a few thousand people who meet that description, or maybe a few tens of thousands of people, it's still well within the capacity of a modern computer to say, oh, I'm just going to check sure. this once and then throw it out because it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I understand that. I'm, I'm partly thinking, so if I'm, I totally understand the, so let's say you, Joey, want to send a private message to me, and I'm subscribed to you. In that scenario, I absolutely understand that you... So the way that I envision that, if I know that you're the poster, I'd imagine this being something like in ActivityPub, the equivalent of it being on your outbox, like a message that I see, you know, here's all of Joey's messages, mm -hmm. and I test to see, is this one for me? It is. Okay, I'm looking at it. Um, but um, in the case where, so let's say that, you know, um, I'm, I'm going to make up somebody, I guess, so let's say that Serge is joining the network and actually... I have not yet subscribed to Serge, right? I know Serge, but Serge wants to send a message to me. Serge knows my address. Um, if I send, um, if Serge is trying to send a message directly to me, but I'm not subscribed to Serge, how do I get that message? Okay, right. So you, you and Serge have to have some kind of a social network in common for, for you to see his message. I see. If Serge is completely disconnected from you, living on a different continent with different friends, and, he, and the two pubs you're using don't happen to be the same pub, and you know you, you have a completely you have an island. Scuttlebutt isn't a fully connected network. It what it really tries to do is to replicate how actual human connections work in the real world. Okay. And so yeah, you can say he's five hops away from me, but effectively you don't know who he is. So do you know your pub? You know your pubs. You you can have any number of pubs, and you actually learn about pubs because your friend. We'll find a pub, subscribe to that pub, become a friend of that pub, and then post a message saying, hey, I'm a friend of this pub, and by the way, its IP address is this. And then uh -huh. you can say, oh, your, your client will just say, oh, I would like to go connect to that pub and see if my friend has posted anything new. So do pubs know when a message... Uh, so if, I, if, if Chris is subscribed, let's say you're a pub, mm -hmm. and uh, Chris is subscribed to you, and I'm subscribed to you, is mm -hmm. that how... Do you know that Chris is subscribed to you and, pull, and is going to start pulling down messages? Because um, right. like the question I have is, if I'm a pub operator, mm -hmm. I'm going to get quickly filled up. Right. So how do I know when I can when I can safely release messages? Yeah. So Scuttlebutt tends to not delete messages, and 
it's actually not as bad as you think. It is kind of a problem for pubs because, of course, they have a lot of messages coming in. In general, like on my laptop, I might have about a gigabyte of space used by Scuttlebutt, all the Scuttlebutt data, excluding photos, because mm -hmm. that's, sort of, that's stored separately. It does get deleted generally okay. to save space. But as far as the actual part, your actual feed of data that constitutes the Scuttlebutt uh, data, it tends to be fairly small. The pubs tend to store it all unless somebody's just being a bad actor and the admin of the pub is like, well, I don't want to distribute that guy's content anymore, so I'm just going to ban them and then delete all their content. But the pubs do just generally tend to have a copy of everything. It's a lot like Git in that way, in that you just keep adding data in. Yeah, it sounds like it. So, yeah. you know, so it's, it's... Which is one of my interests in it, because I've done a lot of things with Git. And when I look at Scuttlebutt... So they're I'm basically like, like Git remote in, in a, in a oh, sense. Oh, very, very similar. You can, look at a, you can look at a pub as like a Git remote. You can look at Scuttlebutt as being kind of similar to Usenet back in the day when you have this store and forward thing and all the data gets spread around among all the Usenet servers. But of course, with Scuttlebutt, you have your own local client too, which is also a peer and stores some of the data. So I want to I wanna expand more on this Git thing yeah. because you and I actually had a conversation about this last year, which I thought mm -hmm. was really we fun. Sure and, and, uh, and it was, um, I want to quote you as best as I remember you and then have you expand on what you mean. Okay. Uh, I think you said, um, it's funny because two technologies came out about the same time. One of them was Git and one of them was uh, um, Bitcoin. And everyone seems to think they want Bitcoin, but what, they, what most people really want is Git. I believe what I said is that when people say blockchain, blockchain is so cool, what they want, it, they, they're thinking about chain of signatures, uh, you know, assigned, tra assigned evidence of what's happened. And that, Git provides that, but Git also provides a global signalton and a massive amount of CPU use, and you don't need that. All you, you mean, need you is mean, Git. You mean, you mean, uh, I'm sorry, Bitcoin. Yeah, Bitcoin <laughs> has a global singleton. Right. Git has no global singleton. You have each Git repository is separate. Right. In Bitcoin, it's like who has how much money. This is a, something that everybody has to agree right, cause on. Right, because they, they ha it has to have some kind of and agreement so, structure. Yeah, you, to, so you have one really large tree that grows forever in right. Bitcoin. Whereas in, in Secure Scuttlebutt, you can have a bunch of small right. trees. And in Git, you have a bunch of small trees, obviously, because they're Git repos. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah, I was. my feeling is that all the blockchain hype is really about the underlying idea of using hashes that point to other hashes. And uh, the computer science-y definition yes. might be Merkle tree. Yes, it may. <laughs> uh, I like to make a joke that uh, blockchain is the cloud of Merkle trees because <laughs> like, it's, uh, it's very vague as in terms of what people actually mean when they talk about blockchains because in many ways you could perceive a Git tree if people sign their commits as being a kind of blockchain. So it's at least a chain of blocks. It very much is. But, but yeah. I mean, I guess what you're missing from that, what people often associate with that is they want to be able to have everybody agree on a single ordering of events, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So a single of ordering of events in, in Bitcoin is important because you want to not allow somebody to spend money twice. A single ordering of events is also important in social networking because if I friend you and then I unfriend you because we've had a spat and then I friend you again, all of our clients should actually figure out that oh, we're, we're actually friends again. It shouldn't be like, are they friends? We've, we've lost track of what order that happened e in. Except that except that Secure Scuttlebutt doesn't really provide a single possible timeline, right? In the sense oh. that it can diverge. Oh no, it, it actually does provide a single timeline. Oh really? It, what you should think about what is published by a, by a single person in Secure Scuttlebutt is a lot like an RSS feed for a blog, right? It's a sequence of things that happen going back into time. Yeah. 
and there's a sequence there. Yeah. And so, if you're just looking at what I, who are my friends, all you have to look at is my feed. Sure, sure. So, okay. No, wait, here's what I mean. Here's mm-hmm. what I mean. Is that you could diverge if we have? Okay, I don't want to get too computer sciencey, um, but the computer sciencey version would say if we had a partition. But yes. um, but for the average everyday person, what we would say is, imagine if I'm distributing to, you know, my if I have some friends at Lever Planet and some friends at Fosdem. Let's say for some reason they're two separate groups, and I distribute to my friends at Lever Planet this set of updates, and I distribute to my friends at Fosdem this other set of updates, I could technically distribute these two separate things. Yeah. And over here I could say, you know, um, I'm continuing to like all of Serge's posts. And on the other side I say, so, I've unfollowed Serge. Serge and I are no longer friends. Friendship over. That's, that's not going to happen. <laughs> but, uh, um, you know, like, but that, 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 that could, like, in, so, in, in a system that doesn't that, that have a... That could happen if you were two-faced. Yes. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, Chris, you were wise in the ways of distributed networks because, of course, you can have some kind of a fork like that. And I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say I'm not going to try to pump up Secure Scuttlebutt as something that's perfect. In fact, it has no solution to this problem. And it mm-hmm. actually says if you fork your feed by, for example, having two devices with the same public and private key on them, so basically a clone of your Scuttlebutt repository, and you post two different messages from these two devices, it's undefined what happens after that point. Right. Probably one person is going to see one version, one person is going to see another version, and they're never going to say, oh, this other one is actually better because it's happened more sooner or something. And so if you fork your feed in Scuttlebutt, which is what the term is for it, game over, you probably should start a new feed because at this point you don't know if anybody's seeing what you're posting. Just, just out of curiosity, how does it render it? Does it show corrupted timeline? or Currently, what does it, do? it does it by, they either just go silent or you only see one side of their feed. And sometimes you'll see somebody saying, have, have I forked my feed? Can anybody see this? And the answer is, <laughs> yeah, you haven't forked your feed. At least I can see it. <laughs> That's funny. That's so, funny. And Secure Scuttlebutt obviously has, like, any kind of a crypto system that uses keys, you have a key management problem. Right. Secure Scuttlebutt has a key management problem. I'll make no bones about that. So when you say that, right, if so you from lose, a non-technical perspective, yeah. that means that instead of having one identity that's tied to you, what you actually have is identity that's tied to your device. In general, you have one identity per device. And that's, of course, its own problem because I would like to friend Chris on my phone and also see his posts on my laptop and not have to remember, oh, I need to friend Chris But twice. it also means that if Chris has a phone and a laptop, mm-hmm. when, what Chris actually ends up with is two distinct feeds. And, yeah. I, and if I want to know what Chris You have to follow to, both of them. I have to follow both that's of right. them. That's right. And if, if Chris them. loses his phone and then makes a new phone account and hasn't backed up his key, because who would actually remember to do that, right? You have to remain for such to like post on his laptop. Oh, I lost my phone. This guy over here, this, this account over here is my new phone. So, so to solve that, now there is something called same as, which is the idea of saying this feed and this feed are the same. They'll both post messages saying I'm the same as the other feed, and then you can figure out automatically. So, the I mean, the other solution, I guess, is the one that I know from. Um Oh crud! And I, I'm gonna blank out on their names. Uh, I think it's pretty, pretty good pet. privacy. Sorry. No, it's pet. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's, it's one of it's it's one of the it's one of the PGP add-ons that that's getting popular. Ah. And what they're what they do is they store, um, they basically you send yourself a key, mm. uh, because they're what they're trying to do is the opposite. Ah. They're trying to synchronize your key across devices. Mm-hmm. So what what you do in that scenario is you actually send yourself a key. And then 
you display the message. You display a message with like a you know sixteen digit code mm -hmm. that you have to put in both places, mm -hmm. right? Um, so, so that you can then decrypt it, and then now you've got your private key on your new device. And, yeah. and but, that allows you to sync the key, but that doesn't help you with the forking of the feed problem. No, right? that doesn't help you yeah. with the forking yeah. of the feed problem. Uh, and in fact, it's the opposite problem because here we, we actually what we want are all your what we actually need your keys to be distinct. We don't want your keys to be the same. Yeah, that's and that's weird. Yeah, and it's I, very I think that Scuttlebutt hasn't fully. I mean, this is obviously a problem, at least two problems in Scuttlebutt. Um, you know, the problem of forking feeds not being something that knows how to handle, and the problem of key management being... And there's no master key, so like right. PGP... Right, if there were a master key, there would be no problem. Exactly. Right. So, so actually... I... Unless you lost the master key. So I know this is... Right, but that's less like... I mean, sorry, yeah. we, I mean, we're getting really into key management. Yeah. This is a very deep yeah. key. This is, I mean, even for us, this is a slightly more technical conversation mm, than we yeah. normally have. Yeah. Right, but in a PGP scenario, I, uh, modern PGP users will have a master key and then they'll have a encrypting, encrypting, yeah. encrypting and assigning key. You know, it's a little it's a little odd to me that a modern system like yeah. this doesn't just say, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna synchronize my master key and then I'm and you know and that would be the thing that I would sync to all my devices and then I would say, well I know that I've already got this other so I would create new keys all the time, mm -hmm. but it would be the master key that I would always yeah, and, uh, depend and I think on. there might be there might be uh, specs like I think decentralized internet identities, DIDs, DIDs, yeah, might try to handle some of this. Uh, what I will say about secure scuttlebutt and the key management problem is that it has these problems, but it's also really cool that there's a network, of, you know, a few thousand. It's not really a really big network, but it's got a fair number of people on it. They're all using cryptography. They all have public and private keys. And they can communicate securely, they can authenticate each other, and they've all done it without going through all the rigmarole that's associated with setting up a PGP, I'm sorry, a GPG. Or a PGP, um, yeah, the either standard way, a GNU PGP, PGP <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. community of this size. If right. you look at, say, the amount of work that any project that uses GNU PG does to actually do these things, yeah, it's, very it's hard. Yeah, and Secure Scuttlebutt, it is so easy, and that is very exciting to me. So, so this, this is actually something that. Um, Partly, one of the things that led me down the path of the things I'm considering with Sprightly mm -hmm. is actually something that um, Zuko of Zuko's yes. Triangle, if, you, if you're familiar with that, oh, uh, yes. um, uh, he said something interesting at a Google Summer of Code uh, um, like mentor summit a few years ago where we were talking, and this was, man, this had to be like six to eight years ago or something like that, but he said... Um, there was some conversation happening. It was it was short. It was when Namecoin was starting to get big, and uh, or or Bitcoin was starting to get big, and other things like Namecoin were kind of appearing around the periphery. And uh, um, and one of the one of the things that we talked about was you know um, well if PGP was going to succeed, like if the PGP user experience of like key signing parties, if that was going to succeed, it would have already succeeded. Like there's uh -huh. been a lot of time for that to possibly succeed. It's not going to succeed at this point. But he mentioned a, um, then he mentioned a blockchain-y like, um, uh, 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 like it was a, some sort of blockchain-y instant messaging system. And he said, well, I don't actually think it makes sense to do the instant messaging system on the blockchain like this. What really inspires me is that the users are all setting up um, uh, uh, are all setting up their own public-private key pairs and sharing and creating a social network together where they message each mm -hmm. other without mm -hmm. actually having any, uh, um, without thinking like they're setting up a you know web of trust. But they are setting up a web right. of trust, right? And, so right. and I guess the only other system that's that's 
I mean, the, the other system that comes to mind, of course, is Signal, which uses yeah. a set, which uses an out-of-band authentication scheme, which is our phone number. Right. Which we should have a, which, which we'll have, I'm sure we'll have a discussion about. In the I'd future. like to have a discussion about that at some point in the future. But I think what, what's interesting to me about what you're saying, and I feel like this is also true, is that we finally have a system that is like a realistic web of trust, and that's modern social networks, right? Modern social mm -hmm. networks resemble the way that social networks actually, uh, the way that webs of trust actually should and do operate, right? Like you following somebody is very similar to you signing their key. Right, mm -hmm. So we have the possibility with the kinds of users' experiences we've created around modern social networks to be able to, if we, if we, put, if we put public key cryptography at the heart of those systems, right. then we can actually build webs of trust that succeed. Yes, and just for example, um, Secure Scuttlebutt I mentioned, it can talk to a computer that is nearby, you know, just using local broadcast basically. So suppose that Serge and I had never met before, but we had friended each other on Secure Scuttlebutt at some point. And then we meet up at the conference. Well, our laptops or our phones will be like, oh, that friend is, he is nearby. And then pop up something saying, is that actually the guy you thought it was? Go through this little so process. That's the verification right. Process, right. And then, then you don't have to have signing parties and slips of paper and all this complicated stuff that we really shouldn't go into here that people do to make GPG Web of Trust work. Right. So I, I think that has. I think I think one of the things that often gets lost between regular people and geeks when we, when they talk about web of trust too, is the difference between what most people think a web of what what most non-technical people think a web of trust means. So if I sign your key, it doesn't necessarily mean that I think you're a good person. Oh yeah. Right. It doesn't mean that I think you're my friend and that I, that people should loan you money um, or get in a relationship with you. It just means this is the this is the person I think they are. That's right. And that's all it means. Mm -hmm. it, it, it it has no uh, emotional implication or fiscal necessarily implication, right? And I think that's important when you think about, as Chris said, about a social network. When I follow someone, all I'm saying is, oh, that's a real thing. <laughs> Well, I'm, I mean, you, you may be sending also the signal that you, 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 you want to find out more about their content in the following yes. scenario. But you're, you're right that they, it's not saying that you, when I follow, like you actually sometimes see people put on their profiles, you know, RTs are not endorsements, follows are not endorsements, right? Like just because you're following somebody doesn't necessarily mean you think that they're great. Um, and similarly, marking, you know, yeah, the, it's the same. There's two different forms of trust we're talking about here. One of them is about authenticity that this is a person that we, we both think it is, and the other one is, um, is, is trustworthiness, right? And those are two different things. And they are, inter in, they are interrelated, but they're not interrelated enough. And if you start to conflate them, then it, it creates a problem. It, um, so yeah, I, 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 I agree with that summary. Uh, and actually, this, this whole thing about names, um, I wanted to talk oh, about yeah. one more thing. Which is that that secure scuttlebutt. So some people on here have heard me mention pet names. We haven't done a pet names episode yet, but secure scuttlebutt kind of does. I've been mentioning like, okay, if you very 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 fast version of pet names is you any name. We know this because a Zuko's triangle can only have one, a two of three properties. It can be human meaningful or um, 
decentral, uh, completely decentralized or globally unique, and you get to pick two of them. Um, and sorry, I should not tap the table. Um, okay. The uh, uh, and the and but you can't. But since we can't have we, if we want, we want in a system like um, anything that has a you know PGP keys or anything like that, we want globally unique and decentralized, right? So which means that we're throwing out human readability, right? right? Like yeah, a PGP. Yeah, your ID is a big long string of random it's numbers. A, it's and a fingerprint, like right? Anything else? Yeah. So I, I can, ass- but I can assign local meaning, right? On my phone contact list. Um, there's no assumption that the person that I have listed as mom is the global mom, right? It's <laughs> uh, amazing. And in Scuttlebutt, I have my dad on there, and at dad is not global dad. Right. And the way that works is I have actually published a message to my feed saying the person I call dad is this guy. Right. And it's pointing to his long string of letters and numbers. And in fact, it's possible for me to publish that message only to myself as a private message encrypted to myself and say, this is my dad, and I don't want anybody else to know who my dad is. Right. You know? So so there's the, actually, so this, I, I think the secure scuttlebutt does about a third to a half of this right. I think. Right. Yeah, like, it, it has seems to have the right structure, but none of the user experience, like, the user experience has not been built around sharing all the right information. Yes. As I understand it, the pet names thing has, like, UI suggestions. Here's how you say when there's a conflict between two different people with the same name, and it deals with all these edge cases that can come up. Yeah, right. I have some opinions on how to resolve that, but I think we should yeah. hold off but, on that and just yeah. say that right now there's some conflation between yeah. who you've selected at things and then the recommendations from your friends, and it could expose it more clearly that it's Joey Hess's dad oh, as yeah. opposed to other things. Absolutely, and you know, the, there's UI that can always be made better, but I think it's kind of neat that Secure Scuttlebutt actually went and did this, I think, without maybe knowing about the pet names thing, but... Knows. They did. They they got they got the general right yeah, structure. Right. Like it's mostly right, and it has the the core right idea that even though we don't have global human meaningfulness, we can have a local sense of human meaningfulness, mm-hmm. and we can share that amongst our group. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, and in um, fact, it allows you you can assign a name to anybody. Also, using your feed, you just say you know this is somebody I know. This is the name that I use for them, and that generally shows up on their profile page on Secure Scuttlebutt. Um, so you can sometimes look at somebody's feed and see all the funny names that somebody's used for it. People can even assign pictures to somebody else. If you're like, here's a cool picture of you, it shows up in your profile page. Of course, this is right for abuse, and you probably end up having to block somebody who's being a pain and is posting embarrassing photos of you or stupid names or whatever, you know. <laughs> so so I, I want to ask some questions about um, what you think the future of... Well, first I want to ask about the future of Scuttlebutt, and then I want to talk about the future of kind of converging these two paths. So the first one is the future of Scuttlebutt. Um, Where do you see its current challenges, like the the current, like, are there anything that you consider to be not great and you would like to see improved? Yes, sir, there definitely are. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So first of all, I'm not a JavaScript developer. Secure Scuttlebutt is the main reference implementations are all in JavaScript. Um, I've actually built a small Haskell implementation of just the data types behind Secure Scuttlebutt with no real, no UI. Isn't that hard to do though? Because the way that it canonicalizes its JSON messages is just generate JSON. Okay, let's explain this problem, right? Uh, So okay, it's the kind of thing that happens when you're just a JavaScript developer and you haven't fully thought through things. You're just like, I'm going to make something that works quickly, 
and because I'm on a sailboat and I want to talk to people. And so you just serialize a message and JavaScript makes it into JSON and has a bunch of fields in it. And then you check the signature of that message and you serialize it again first. And, th and this is something we so so this is something we call canonicalization. Right. And what so it means is is that we we if we take a JSON object, if both of you and I have that object in memory, and then we want to sign it, we have to have it be byte for byte the same thing. Which means mm -hmm. all the white space has to be the same. Yes, the white space, all the, the field order, the field order, the exact everything. way that you that you format a yeah, leaf with, point number. The right, right. <laughs> and what and what Scuttlebutt currently just says is. It's what Node.js does right at the, at the moment, right? Ooh, that's, yeah, that's awful. Well, yeah, but here's the thing. I mean, languages sometimes change hashing order, and it breaks like a million programs. So oh, the chances yeah. of this actually breaking is pretty low. But uh, th that aside, it's a. It, it means that it's not really very easy to implement. In fact, I read some other people who tried to implement Scuttlebutt in other languages right. and couldn't. Well, or they just have a lot of pain because they have to exactly emulate this right and well they gave up is what i should but say there's actually been some work recently on i think it's basically secure scuttle but it's right for standardization it hasn't been standardized it's an initial implementation of this idea there's been some work on either specking the exact current behavior or changing the behavior or something more sane you know that can all be dealt with. You know all about standardization, Chris. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, ActivityPub was originally PumpIO's yeah. API as the foundation, and it did change during the standardization uh -huh, process. Uh -huh. Yeah. But you know, we had a foundation yeah. there, so we could yeah. do this. So the same thing could be done with Secure Scuttlebutt, and it could even be that the same thing that happened in the PumpIO API is, is that effectively we jumped to a different federated version where we say, okay, the original version was kind of the prototypey version of the API. Mm -hmm. And then the same way that the pump API turned into ActivityPub and they were not technically compatible with each other, but they were very, very, very similar. Mm -hmm. um, the same thing could in theory happen to Scuttlebutt. And, and Scuttlebutt and, and ActivityPub, as far as the uh, message schema, it's kind of similar in that you have you know, the same kinds of messages, but you also want it to be an open system because, for example, Scuttlebutt has people who play chess over it, and this might be, you know, a move every week or moves right immediately, who knows. Um, but, you know, you have to have messages for chess moves. You have to have messages for this and that. So you have to be able uh, how to do we, things how do we know? How do we know that the, the chess moves, that we mean the same thing by, for example, chess move is a great example, actually, because we might say, if I defined a move type, move could mean two very different things oh, depending yeah. on whether you're playing chess or whether oh, yeah. or not you're right. mo you're you're uh, a moving company moving boxes <laughs> of people from you know one apartment yeah. to another yeah and currently secure scuttlebutt has really no standardization aside from the common message types of you know i posted something in my feed i liked a message this is my friend the things you would expect in a social networking program the rest of it is all just ad hoc right now there's no standardization it seems to me that one way secure scuttlebutt could go is it could look at activity Pub and say all this stuff is great. If we jettison this, this, and this, we can just use ActivityPub messages in Secure Scuttlebutt. Could happen. I don't know. Um, this is one of the convergences that I'm interested in. Mm -hmm. um, so what are so what you said? Oh, loads to things that you'd oh, like to see yes. improve. What so, else? What else okay. is there? Um, another big problem is I said the the amount of people using Secure Scuttlebutt is small, or at least it appears to be small. We don't know if we're seeing everybody who's using it because there are often islands. Like at one point, 
somebody from India appeared, and suddenly a dozen people from India appeared, and suddenly we had like 30 people from India all in this island that just suddenly connected up to the global network, but it had been going on for a while among themselves, and of course since all the data is, all the data got replicated out to another pub that one of them found, and suddenly everybody saw it, it's like, oh cool, y'all have really interesting pictures from India, and this is really neat, so we don't know how many people are using it, but we know that it's not growing at all as fast as Mastodon nowhere near it right and um, one of the problems is well first of all you have to run a program on your laptop or on your phone which is you know a bit of a barrier to entry Um, Uh, it it doesn't have to be though right if it was if it if it was if you had a really nice GUI that like opening it up like Mm -hmm. people like people don't have problems running applications on their things secure scuttlebit is in fact packaged in f-droid for example so there's a client called Miniverse. It's a nice GUI. It's easy to install. No, but I think what Chris is saying, and maybe I'm wrong, is that you know, if 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 Secure Scuttlebutt was packaged, for example, in Nextcloud, if there was like a Nextcloud Secure Scuttlebutt client, then I, everyone. I wasn't specifically saying that, but I I agree, right? Like if we if we had more clients that are easy to install in more places, like and and, and not actually just more clients, but easy to use clients. I actually don't, because I, I don't, I, I think that you and I both feel, let, correct me if I'm wrong, I think you and I both agree that the client, the client to server paradigm is not necessary to make this thing successful, right? Like, like having clients actually is fine. Like having it be client only. Is it, or am I right? Am I oh, correct? no. I mean, it's the curse cuddle, but is peer to peer. There are no servers. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And really installing the client is a minor hurdle, hurdle. But as soon as you install the client, you get to the next hurdle, which is how do I find a pub? Uh huh. And there's only so many of them, and maybe a lot of people who are running them don't want random people signing up, so they've turned off open signups. They only give out invite codes to friends, mm-hmm. and so that's a hurdle. Once you've gotten over that hurdle, there's the hurdle of oh, I've hooked up to this pub, and suddenly I friended a couple of people, and it's downloading like a gigabyte of data. What is this crazy client that is like downloading random streams? Actually, of, I have a solution to the. Yeah, to, I have a solution to the. Uh, to the uh, problem of finding your first pub, which is that I've, I've spent so much time looking at uh, Golem, which we probably have not yet spoken about, so I'm not sure when we're going to air this episode, but, you know, that you could just, I'm like, oh, just put it in a magnet URI, right? You'd be like, here's me. So, like, if I say to you, imagine that, um, well, actually, you say to me, hey, Sarah, get on Secure Scuttlebutt. And then, you know, and I'm like, I don't know, how do I do that? And you mm-hmm. send me a URI. Yeah, and that's exactly right? and that how URI it would contain would contain your key mm-hmm, and a pub. Yeah. That doesn't exist, but it's been suggested and I think is probably under development or right. Um, just, but, just, just, just to clarify, yeah. that's what happens when you use a BitTorrent tracker, right? The magnet right. scheme yeah. says both the address of the object mm-hmm. you want to get and also, oh, here's some yeah. places you could go look for it. Yeah, right. And, and so, yeah, you have to find the pub. You know, it's easy if you know somebody and you're giving them an invite. That's easy. But if you're just somebody who's heard about it on, say, a podcast, right, 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 right. what do you do then? Well, you Google Scuttlebutt. You go to scuttlebutt.nz. You click around a few times. Or or the, or the podcast. And I'm, and I'm not sure we're going to do this. But, like, if we, if we were going to do it, we would probably say, you know, here's a download link. And it would also include that, you know, here's the pod, you know, because we're probably not going to do this, but it would include... The, uh, the 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 Libra Lounge ID, or at least one of the keys, mm-hmm. and then again a pub along yeah, with it. Right, and you can you can imagine this kind of thing being developed and happening. Maybe having even you know an easy interface so one phone could just 
flash up against another phone, exchange QR yeah. codes, and get connected, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, downloading all this data tends to freak people out because they don't expect suddenly so much data to come in and they're like, gosh, if it's using a gigabyte and I've only been on it for half an hour, how much data is this thing going to use? Like, well, that is a, <laughs> but so of course, so, so and they don't realize, well, but they don't realize mobile. that it's downloaded like maybe 10% of everything that's ever happened on Scuttlebutt over five years. Mm -hmm. and, <laughs> but that's a concern for like mobile, mm -hmm, for mobile mm -hmm. users, right? You know, Especially for, for mobile users, it's well, a concern. And and so well, and the mobile slash desktop thing brings up another one, which we've already raised in the episode, which is that people like to connect to things from multiple devices, mm -hmm. and that's currently a problem. Although I'm I'm going to propose a solution live on the air and just see what you think as a person who's worked on these types of technologies before. If I had both a, a desktop and a phone version of secure scuttlebutt and I make you know I post two things at the same time and so it forks what I would do in git mm -hmm. is that You'd later merge. on I would merge it right yeah. and so what I could imagine happening what I would think would be the right user experience for this would be when my friends get both versions of those feeds at the same time it would display this is on like some sort of indicator that like there is more content, but it hasn't been merged yet. And then I take the time to merge it, and I push mm -hmm. out the merge, and yep. then everybody's feeds would update with that thing. Now, the weird thing that might end up happening with that scenario is that you might end up having your feed look fine, and then suddenly you get the diverge thing, and it kind of rolls back to like this like like unmerged state. Um, but like it still seems like it's an improvement. Maybe? What do you think? I think it would be an improvement. Um, the one thing is that some people think that the current behavior is in some kind of security measure because if somebody steals your key and forks your feed and starts doing bad things, well, at least you know the feed is forked and you stop trying to... Of course, in this case, you could have a message pop up saying the feed is forking. Like, how did that happen? I didn't fork the feed. Somebody has stolen my key and is doing something. Yeah, but if you have to merge it anyway, you'd yeah, also get yeah, that. Right, that's what I'm saying. The merge would then be a UI for it. And, and I think there could be a UI that solves that problem. And it's really interesting that you mentioned Git because my mental model for Secure Scuttlebutt is a lot like a Git repository full of RSS feeds full of ActivityPub messages or something sort of like that. Right. And you could imagine building that and it would almost and they don't be conflict, the same. And they don't often conflict, right? Well, no, you get merge conflicts all the time in Git, right? But if you're posting to say... But uh, they're discrete units. In, yeah. So if you're thinking... So if, so forget Git because with Git it's just a text file, right? Mm -hmm. But if I, if I was imagining a stream of activities Right. Each yeah. activity is a discrete. It's, a, it's an unit. object in Git. Right, and yeah. so it should not be. It should not be difficult to to either replay or merge. Those. Right. If well, you, if you think of it as a Git, if you think of every post that I make to secure Scuttlebutt as a Git commit. Right. Then you have a commit ID, and it points to the previous commit ID. Yeah. And then if I fork it by doing you know whatever, I end up with two branches, and I just merge merge the two branches back together, and mm -hmm. I'm back to a single unforked stream. And it's interesting to me that all these things are so close together still. We're, it's kind of like we're so early still into this kind of distributed system that everything yeah. is Everybody's very interrelated. Re re reinvent Reinventing the wheel, but doing it in a slightly different way. Like Secure Scuttlebutt is much, actually much more efficient than Git, than Git pull at figuring out what new things to download. And it needs to be because it's saying, I'm interested in like these thousand people, please give me new content. In Git, you would have to send like a thousand refs upstream and say, here's what I've got, give me the new stuff. 
that's a lot of bandwidth. Right. Secure Scuttlebutt uses some, and I don't actually understand what it does, but it uses a much more thought out idea to figure out what to pull down. So, I mean, uh, I, I'm going to say the last thing on the forking thing is I feel like we've belabored it a yeah, lot. We should, yeah, we should probably start to wrap up. Yeah. Okay. Um, the, the, it seems to me that actually part of the reason why it's not that big of a deal about the forking is part of the same reason why a lot of the inconsistency things that happen even in ActivityPub are not that big of a deal. Is that In most social network interactions that we have, it's like not that big of a deal. If we were playing chess, however, and I ended up making two different moves <laughs> oh, and then right, had to merge right. that later, it, it really that doesn't would matter be... if I friend Chris on one device and I friend Serge on the other device. They're both my friends now. It doesn't matter which order I did it in. I can I can resolve that merge conflict either way. But you're right. Matter. With certain activities, yeah. that with with activities where the the ordering is all stateful, that mm -hmm, does make mm -hmm. that makes a huge difference. That's yeah, right. Yeah. 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 So anyway. Um, it's an interesting territory to explore. Yes, we'll, we'll say that. And we haven't even really talked about Git Annex, which is the main thing you're known and for. No, that's fine. Um, I guess if we wanted to mention Git Annex briefly, I would say that I've done some similar things in with regards to automatically merging and keeping track of data that isn't uh, code, uh, but is instead just metadata about you know things. And yeah, I'm doing the same stuff too. Okay. Um, yeah, that's cool. Um, All right, thanks everyone. <laughs> yeah, uh, thanks everybody. It's been and, a and, and yeah, subscribe to uh, our, us on the Fediverse at uh, uh, Libra Lounge at floss.social. Uh, we're on Twitter uh, at Libra Lounge. Pod, you can email us podcast at libralounge.org. Find us on IRC at hash Libra Lounge on Freenode. Um, yeah, and let us let us know what you think of this live episode. This yeah. is the first live episode we've done this way and and in some ways i think it's the best one it, it yeah, it's the best one well i'm and honored to have been a part of it, it well we're, we're really thrilled to have you on and uh and 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 i'm really pleased with how much we actually matched the subtitle of this show with how conversational this was and so yeah, yeah uh we, we 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 should get you on again at some future time Absolutely. but for now we should sign off. sign off all right thanks everyone see you next time You've been listening to Libre Lounge. You can find and subscribe to us at librelounge.org. This podcast is released under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 4.0 International License. Our theme music is Bossa Nova by Joff, which is waved into the public domain under CC0 and which you can find on opengameart.org. If you'd like to support Chris Weber's work on this and other user freedom projects, you can donate at patreon.com forward slash C-W-E-B-B-E-R. Thanks for listening. See you next time.